Hey, Palmetto Shores. Today we're going to be picking up in our study in John chapter 14, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 31. That says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you Let a lo- yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live also, because I live with you also. In that day, you will know that I am the Father, and, and, and you and me, and I and you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the, not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you, or bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the word, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. So as we continue the story today, uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples and preparing them for uh, what they're about to witness and experience. And while we see that through the rest of this book, as well into the uh, New Testament texts like Acts, where we see Jesus ascend, um, we also see the Holy Spirit dwell, um, come and dwell within. Uh, regenerate believers. So um, we'll see, you know, all these things taking place uh, later in this book and in even the rest of the books as well uh, throughout the New Testament. So starting off, uh, we come across a popular passage in verses 13 and 14. It says, whatever you may ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, if we pray and say, in Jesus' name, give me a million dollars. You're not gonna be. You're gonna be very disappointed. Uh, he's not gonna deposit a million dollars into your account uh, just because you asked in Jesus' name. So does that make Jesus a liar? Or if you ask Jesus in Jesus' name for a healing or for something more serious like that, and He doesn't provide it, uh, does that make Him a liar? Uh, and not, I don't think so. Not at all. Um, everything that is granted to us is to bring God glory, uh, to bring glory to the Father. And Jesus has made that very clear through this passage. Uh, so now there may have been healings, um, or there there are healings that happen throughout the world and great miraculous signs we've seen through the book of John alone, but uh, stuff like that still happens um, in Jesus' name. Uh, and we'll see that 
uh, you know, through the world. Uh, we don't see as much of it here in the United States, but um, a lot of times we're only uh, we're distracted by our uh, our own selves, or we come up with excuses and call them, you know, science or something else when it really could be uh, God performing miraculous signs uh, for us. Uh, but um, when we do pray and He doesn't answer, or it doesn't feel like He isn't an- He isn't answering, doesn't mean He's not responding at all. Uh, the key point of this verse isn't to just ask, you know, willy nilly about anything, uh, but that we would seek to glorify God in all of our desires um, and all that we're doing. And you could argue that I can glorify God with a million dollars, but you can ask, like, what are you doing now to bring God glory in what you have now? And personally, I've seen God provide for people through healing and financial hardship and relationships. And in each of these scenarios where I've seen this happen with other people, it's been very clear that um, that God was getting the glory for this uh, because of their complete reliance and submission to God. And uh, the very next verse says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. As Morgan said in his sermon a couple weeks ago, uh, as we learn more about, um, or as we learn more about someone we love, we turn or we tend to take on their characteristics. And so if we love God and we want what he wants, we begin to uh, love what he loves and we hate what he hates in this process. Uh, it grows us more and more in the likeness of God. And we begin to have more discernment on what are the things we should ask for and what are the things that would bring glory to God and not just be a convenience for ourselves. And so one of the last things I do want to touch on today before I let you continue our groups is that Jesus gives a very clear picture of the Trinity here in this passage and the roles of each of the three persons and that, um, it's, this is a very important part of Jesus' teaching because it's uh, not only revealed to disciples, but to us as well as we see the, um, what is the structure and the intent for each role of the Trinity and uh, how does that uh, play into our lives today. So Jesus notes multiple times that the Father is the head. He, it's his will that is done uh, and no other. All things should point and bring glory to God the Father. And Jesus at this point in John is preparing those disciples for his death and resurrection, and that um, he alone is going to be the atonement for the sin of the world, that we can't, um, that the only way we can be counted as righteous before God is through Jesus to be our Savior, that there's nothing um, in our uh, good deeds or works that would ever uh, come close to being good enough to count us as righteous, but solely alone, Jesus. Um, And then we see the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who's going to dwell within us and guide us. And we see that in Acts as uh, the Holy Spirit comes into the church. And uh, as the disciples and the apostles go, uh, the Holy Spirit guides them and directs them. And today, that same Holy Spirit dwells within us. And it's a really exciting thing because uh, we have God that lives inside us. The same Holy Spirit that wrote the scriptures that we read today is the same God that dwells within us. And uh, directs us. So um, I'm going to leave it here today because uh, there is still a lot more to cover, but um, Jesus gives us some great content to work through and um, and just how we see uh, God's love and provision for us and how it outweighs anything this world can offer. Um, and so I hope you all have a great discussion and we'll talk to you next time.